Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. And Darren, you and I had you and I had an interesting conversation as to whether or not we should go tonight. But uh, we decided it was worthwhile to uh, to record tonight, given the events of Monday night in Cincinnati uh, that uh, involved DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Now, uh, before we go into any of this, I just want to get your kind of walk me through what that night was like for you because I want I saw it in real time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were watching the game at that point, but I want to know what it was like from your perspective from when that happened, whenever you tuned in, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. to when you finally turned in and went to bed. Um, I mean, I think as as soon as you had texted, I, I, uh, I opened up Bleach Report because they have like the live tweet feed uh, underneath the the live part of the game uh, on the app, and all I could see was uh, players been down on the field for fifteen minutes and the game's been held up the entire time, and I was like, oh, that's never good um and then no sooner than than i saw that i saw a a video of what happened and all i could think of was what i i i couldn't mutter a word for a a proper thought um and from that point on i i was I had turned the I turned Hulu Live on and turned on the the channel and was just listening to the broadcast and like the the first thing I noticed on that was the utter shock on everyone's face. Like I have never seen like that level of just speechlessness on a live broadcast that I can recall properly, um, you know, outside of some other tragedies um, when I was too young to even, you know, process them. It yeah. was just, wow. Yeah, I mean, you have, when, when you have Adam Schefter and Burger McFarland, two people that quite enjoy what they do and enjoy talking about the NFL, and you have those two people in complete and utter silence, not really wanting to speak. Like the, the, they did their job, but you could tell they were like, I wish I wasn't here right now. I wish I was at home with the ability to leave the room, do something to process what I just witnessed, instead of now the camera has turned back to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not taught how to handle that stuff. You're just not, because there's no way you could. There's no way. I mean, who if if someone told you in a uh, in a class, okay, here's how you're gonna deal with a tragedy on a on a football field, you would just laugh it off and go, "Well, that's never gonna happen." Yeah, I know we have head injuries. That's not going to be someone collapsed on the field like that. There's no way. Right? You just laugh it off like, okay, I'll do it. This is my assignment, but I'm not going to really, I'm not going to remember what's said here. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. And I do want to give, I was mostly in the same boat with you. Like I said, I watched it live and you actually told me something because you, you get, you get up and you go to work fairly early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you're in bed at a decent hour, like the responsible adult you are. <laughs> and uh, and you told me, like, I can't bring myself to turn this off. I should be in bed by now, but I can't bring myself to turn it off. And that was me. I didn't have anything to do the next day. But even then, I'm like, they're not going to, like, we know we're not going to hear anything else tonight. 
And we, we were pretty confident. We were hoping that. And I guess it's that hope that kept going on. Like, okay, maybe they're going to release something that says he's okay or whatever. Just that didn't come through until like Tuesday and then today, Wednesday. But maybe it was that hope that kept us up. But it was the same thing. I couldn't turn this. I couldn't go. For, I couldn't leave ESPN. I really couldn't. And I like Scott Van Pelt. I like Brian Clark. And they handled it fantastically. So did Joe Buck and Troy Aikman in the booth and Susie Colbert, Brooklyn McFarland, and Adam. pretty much everyone at ESPN handled it about as well as you could. And it was because of that and their professionalism through all this that was like, okay, we're all going to get through this. We're all in, involved in different sorts of shock to what we just witnessed. We're all, here's how we're going to handle this. And it was because of that that I couldn't turn the TV off. That, and, like I said, hoping that something would come through that says he's okay, even though it, you know, he's still not out of the woods now. Yeah, far from it. Yeah, I mean the just hearing. I mean, once they turned it over to, I think it was Scott Van Pelt and then yep. uh, Ryan Clark, it was just. You know, them being clear that, like, none of us know what's going on, and, and we shouldn't. I mean, we, like, we want to know, but, like, it, it, we'll come to know when we come to know, effectively, was the thing, was the statement. And they were all just as equally uh, clueless as to how anything can proceed, um, when it might proceed, and, and, and they kept coming back to... I mean, frankly, it doesn't matter when it proceeds. We just want to know that he's okay. It's right. still questions we're going to be asking, but in the end, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, none of it matters. SVP is great for that. SVP, to me, is one of the best at providing a perspective in, in sports. And I'm not saying that other people can't do it, but SVP, to me, knows that, yes, we all, we're all here because we love sports. And we love what they do for us. But these are just games. There are other things that are far more important here. Mm-hmm. Like a young man's life. That I, I, that not that anyone else couldn't have done it, but you could not have asked for a better person to be on that desk than Scott Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. It, there, there's no one better. Exactly. And I mean, the only like I just sat there going. I mean, obviously, none of us have have witnessed something like that occur um, ever, really. Um, but I, I, well, I could sit there and go the the closest the the closest, and they're not even that close things that I could think of since I've started watching football. Well, Ricardo Lockett. Ryan Shazier, and then this season Tua, with his his uh, concu- first concussion. I've uh, uh, I've seen something like that. Christian Eriksen, while playing for Denmark against Finland in the 2020 held in 2021 mm-hmm. European Championship, uh, had a cardiac arrest. I do recall you you talking about that one. Obviously, I didn't witness that one, but I do recall you talking about that one. He just dropped like a tree. Hmm. Just like, just like, uh, just like Hamlin did, and it was just, you know, it was so. <sighs> a lot of people were drawing connections to that, and quite frankly, I was too. And I'd like to point out that Denmark finished that game, uh, like two hours later, only after they found out he was okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for threatening the loss, they didn't. Wow. So, yeah. But the NFL has a little more compassion than you wait, and I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> but, but you're right. It's, I, I think you said it. It was the darkest moment any of us have ever witnessed on a football field. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect way to describe it. You know, that, that There's no other way to really say it. It really was. It was 
it was the single darkest moment any of us have ever witnessed on a football field. And I was, you know, look, I, I, I try not to be an emotional guy. I mean, I have emotions, obviously I'm not a robot, but I, I, I'm this, I'm the kind of guys like, if I want you to know my emotion, you'll know it. If not, it ain't your business. But I told my dad, I said, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. I just, like, this is before we even knew he was getting CPR. Mm-hmm. This is just when the human, when the, uh, when the human shield wrapped around him, when the medics were down there doing their jobs. And I was over here, like, I almost started crying. And I thought back to when I, this fall, when I was on sideline duty, uh, Oak Hill versus Princeton. And I didn't see the play happen because I, I didn't have a great vantage point. I, I was in a, we hadn't really gotten the uh, camera working to where I could move around. I was stuck at the 50. So I, you, you've been to a high school football game, even, even in NFL. Mm-hmm. You know how players will move around the field to, to watch what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is like right in front of me. So I can't see worth anything. And there was a kid from Princeton who went down and he stayed down. And they brought the, the stretcher out for him. And I didn't get to get a great vantage point, but I asked the people who called the game for us in the press box. And they said he probably broke his leg. And of course, I, I asked him that after the game. But I, I didn't know what was going on. So I start thinking the worst. And I'm like, that looked like a pretty big hit. I almost started crying then. And it was the same emotion. Like there's there's someone down who was in pain. You know, if, if you're if you're you know dead to the world, you don't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. But still, I it, it was an emotional time. And so if you got me over here almost shedding a tear that without having known prior that he was being given CPR, that that says something because you never, I mean, I, I don't want to be accusatory tonight. That's not what I'm in any conversation, but I almost feel like when some people say, Oh, you never want to see that. They don't actually mean it. I, 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 I truly believe that some people only say that to make themselves sound respectful. Mm-hmm. And I am one of those people that are like, I mean it. You never want to see anyone get hurt. You know, each, even if it's just something as like simple as a sprained ankle, you never want to see that. Now, obviously, this is much more serious, and it truly did move a lot of people. But I think we all got a lesson in compassion on Monday night. Yeah, definitely. As ever, for the fact that. Damar Hamlin had a uh, toy drive going out that had uh, a goal of $2,500 raised. And the last I saw, it's over $4.5 million Mm -hmm. now. So this is people showing that they care. And, you know, obviously Damar is in no position to know this. But we're we're thinking of you, man. Mm -hmm. And, And here's the thing. He wants to pit. There's no room for rivalries here. There, there's no, I, I mean, we're thinking about him just the same as if he'd been born in West Virginia and played for the Mountaineers. Doesn't matter to me at all. This is the one time where, you know, hail to pit. Mm-hmm. This is the I one mean, time. It's, it's obviously, again, you, you never want these things to happen, but these are the types of moments that, that show you that it, is and always will be bigger than the sport. And that these people out there playing, putting literally putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment, because that's what it is. Uh, they, they actually, you know, they're people. They have lives. You know, they're affected by this game. Um, and, you know, we shouldn't take things like this to do it, but it Follows the that feeling. Absolutely. <sighs> so, 
they suspended the game initially, and then they said that the game will not be picked up mm-hmm. this week. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of what happens after this, did they make the right call in not picking it up this week? Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say yes. I and and I the one the biggest thing that that I think supports that outside of the fact that you've got a, a player in the hospital is that I saw um, um, his name has immediately lost me as soon as I went to say it, but Cincinnati's head coach. Zach Taylor. Yeah. He, he was um, talking today. Uh, one of the, you know, few people doing any type of uh, media availability. Um, and of course, of all people, he's one of the two or three that should be uh, able to. Um, he was saying that, you know, one of the one of the driving factors for him. So he he um, he he essentially took it on uh, the onus of bridging the gap. Basically, because uh, the way he said it, the you know the officials were kind of running back and forth, going, "All right, well, you're kind of trying to relay things, so pay, effectively playing, you know, long distance uh, uh, soup can telephone." And he was like, "You know, let's just let's just get let's just get over here face to face and all of this." Um, and one of the first things McDermott says to him is. Listen, man, I can't be co- I can't be coaching this game. I need to be in the hospital with him. Um, and that Taylor said, not only is that you know, sh- is that a perfect example of his character? It also really should. That was for him the the exact moment where he knew that this game did not need and should not resume. Um, if if he didn't already have you know the thought beforehand, that was the defining moment of this game doesn't need to go on at least not tonight it doesn't um and it's it, it however they handle it i i do not envy the person or people in charge of t- trying to figure out how to do so in terms of in, in terms of whether it's playing the game deciding to the game isn't played at all, whatever it is that I do not envy those people. Cause that's a tough decision. No matter, no matter which way you put it, it's, it's, it's tough. I don't either. And here's the thing. You're right. And not only that, but let's just look at it from the perspective of competitive fairness, or at least some kind of competitive fairness. The latest they could possibly have played this game if they were still intending to play week 18 as scheduled would be today, Wednesday. Because Wednesday would have been Thursday, Friday, Saturday before a Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Would have been the exact same as a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before a Thursday game. And we all agree Thursday night football really messes with teams, but it's about as close as you can get. So. Granted, it didn't even get this far, but when you start going like, okay, we don't know when we're going to get information on him. We don't know what state we're going to be in to go play this game on Tuesday or Wednesday. So we can't really, you know, there's no and They haven't moved any of these, any, anything for Week 18. As of right now, Patriots' bills are still on. And so is Bengals-Ravens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I wanted to get to one more thing before we started down this road, but I'll circle back to that. Let me, what, what should they do? And I'll give you some options instead of making you come up with all of them. I'll give you some options I heard <laughs> today. I have to, hey, you're the working man or ghost work every day. This way. All I do is play train games all day. <laughs> At least I can do is help you out some way. Uh, so either... And these are no particular order. This is just something things I saw today. You push week eighteen back to next week in its entirety. And you don't play on Sunday. You take the whole week to you take the weekend off and you let everyone kind of get grips with what they've what they've just witnessed 
and then come back in on Monday morning ready to go. Or you push the rest of you push week 18 back and then you bring the Bills and Bengals together to play a, a one off to finish this game on Sunday. And the, those are two. The others are that this game is written off as if it never even happened. You go, okay, this, you know, it didn't didn't work out. We're good. And actually, I can't think of a third one, so a uh, fourth one. So I guess those are the three. The and, and with, huh? Oh, go ahead. And with those pushing the pushing week eighteen back, you would still keep the Super Bowl on time, but you would lose that. Uh, you would lose that week off between the, so conference championship game would move to the week before the Super Bowl, and then it would just everything gets pushed back a week. But this week, but the season still ends with the Super Bowl on the correct date. Mm-hmm. So unless you got a fourth that I for life of me cannot remember that I heard, you may uh, have heard it somewhere. What 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 should they do? The only one at all that I saw floated around that. But it wasn't as far as I could tell, as far as I recalled seeing. Um, I had not seen it from any. I had not seen the suggestion from anyone that's a professional in the field, other than you know a couple random tweets suggesting that they just straight up call a time, be done with it, instead of writing it off. But I, I wouldn't know the benefit at all to that, as because I wouldn't know the benefit. At, to that over just chuck, chucking it off and, and not have a number on the record whatsoever. I mean, either way, it as stupid as it is to at this point be concerned with rankings, it, it, it doesn't really, well, you know, how do you, it, either way, how do you handle it? Here's the thing, before you answer, it, it flies in the face of everything we just said, but this is an important game. Yeah. And look, compared to someone being in the state they're in, being number one seed in the AFC really isn't that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But let's look at it this way. What era are we in the, in the NFL now? We're in the sports betting era, right? Mm-hmm. We have people going out there wagering a good chunk of money on playoff games and teams to win the Super Bowl. If the Bills could have won the AFC, the won the number one seed in the AFC, and had home games throughout, that would probably change how people bet in the AFC, mm-hmm. as opposed to being in Kansas City or Cincinnati. So, as crazy as it is, if you don't get this game in and you don't figure out who, for lack of a better word, and again, I can't think of a better word. This isn't just me throwing it out, but the, who is the rightful number one seed in the AFC? Mm-hmm. You're going to have the entire AFC being thrown into question, and that's going to throw off people in Vegas and around the country. Mm-hmm. And as selfish as it is, said people will probably pitch a bit of that and forget the reason why we had this problem. Yeah. So that's why... I I I I am in favor of them wiping the game off and saying this this never happened in the record book. Like just okay, fine, whatever. We'll we'll, we'll deal with it. But there mm-hmm. are enough people out there with deeper pockets than I, and more influence than I, who will say no, can't do that. I have money on this game. You're playing it. I have money on AFC futures. We're playing it. Mm-hmm. I hate to I hate to say it, but it's true. I kind of gave, I kind of cut you off there, but that, yeah. yeah. I mean, there'll there'll always be people that turn the situation into something that it shouldn't be, and I mean that's unfortunately just how it is. It's doesn't make it right, doesn't make it okay, but yeah. it's it's just that's how it goes. It's it's to be expected. Unfortunately, so what would you do if you were if you were in Goodell's chair? I I mean, as the I feel like the only the I feel like the easiest thing to do would be that because the the other thing 
the it's not as important of a of a of a of a thing to be affected, but the NFL is all about rebranding the Pro Bowl at this point. If we're shifting everything, and and conference championship week is the week before Super Bowl, where they they'd also have to they either have to get away with the Pro Bowl this year, or they'd have to also figure out a way to reschedule that. Uh, which uh, no, it, mm, no, you can fit the, the conference championship games don't start till like three o'clock. Yeah, it goes three and then six. Mm-hmm. Have the Pro Bowl at noon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long they do their stuff for the days, but yeah, I mean, they yeah they does they could schedule it that way too. I'm sure. And if you're right about players showing up, half the Pro Bowl rosters are alternates anyway. So what does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean. Well, I mean, the, I guess the the really answer, the answer to the next question that I was going to ask is media availability would just be that week. Like they just come straight in media availability, and yeah, like you know, you just, just yeah. get on a plane and go. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, book the hotel. Make sure we're staying at the right place and tell us where to go. We'll do media on Monday and Tuesday, and then we'll start looking at it like a normal week on Wednesday. It's the only way you can really can do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's it, pin. Oh, all, all I the last thing I got is I mean, as it would still it would be helpful for you know knowing what you're fighting, effectively knowing what you're fighting for for this week, or, or you know, but can that's just that's just stating the obvious when the the real. The real concern is that I don't, you know, they don't care at this point. None of them, none of them really care, other than me stating that that's a, a thing that that's that's a, that's left for question, left unanswered. <laughs> Basically, uh, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just. A... Yeah, I mean, I told Dad. I said, you know, if this were that. You know, Broncos uh, Rams game from Christmas that had nothing yet because both teams were out of it by that point. Mathematically, like just call it right now. But because this game has playoff implications, I mean, we were sitting here talking about on Monday before the game that if if the Bills won, and then the Chiefs lost on Saturday to the Raiders, that the page that they would have the number one seed going into that Patriots game. And they might sit Josh Allen, which makes a lot of you. Let's remember, the Patriots, th- this game is important for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I, I, in some ways, I don't want to say this, but I feel like I would be at least lying to myself if I didn't. If the Bills are, are mentally checked out, emotionally just not there, it benefits the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, it's not, again. It goes without saying. I mean, yeah. At that point, and we like we didn't expect to win, right? We both looked at this like you might beat Miami, but you're damn sure not beating Buffalo up there. Mm-hmm. And if for whatever reason that game gets kicked off, you either get it's polar opposites. Either the Bills come out with with their tails on fire and they whip you up by twenty eight the first quarter and the game's over because they're just so few with their ocean, mm-hmm. or by fighting for their teammate, or the Bills don't even know they're playing the game. Yeah, and, and, as, and as as much as one wants to say it's easy to it's 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 an easy answer, they're going to be fighting. You know, it, it's not mental health. It, even even short term is unpredictable with these types of things. You can't just go out and go, yeah, I'm ready to go play a football game yeah. less than a week after you know something like this happens. Well, let's just think about the obvious, it's, especially if we don't know the the. The updated health by that point. Let's just look at the obvious. He's got a locker in that locker room, doesn't he? Yeah. You're going to walk right past his locker and you're going to be thinking about that instead of listening to what McDermott's saying. Mm-hmm. And granted, McDermott shouldn't be going, you know, here's what they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to play a lot of man. They're not going to play, you know, just so make, he shouldn't be concerned with that right now. I mean, really. It's just, it's just, it's just what, 
just what the Patriots are going to do at any point this in the scheduled game on Sunday matter. No. It's the least important thing in the city of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And it should be. Yep. <sighs> let's, exactly. Let's go a little bit of micro level here. Let's go and come down from macro. <laughs> should should this game be played this week? And not, I, I it's it's like I said, less macro. It's, it's mm-hmm. micro compared to what I just asked you. Let's let's pin it on the Patriots game here. Should we be playing in Buffalo on Sunday, one p.m.? It's as it stands, having no real updates other than he's he has improved somewhat but still in critical condition having having no like solid solid updates it it would it would be hard to to play it um and at that I feel like at that point it would it would have to come down to the teams in the the, the two teams in the NFL like actually having a discussion. And I don't know what the result of that would be. Um, but I, I, I feel have, like at least at the very least on what type of update they have. Yeah. And let's, let's also be, let me, this is like the Patriots may get a seat at the table, but the Bills get to speak. Mm-hmm. It's not really my like. If I'm the Patriots, I'm like, look, it's your teammate, okay? We're all in this together, but you're the one that has to deal with this on a level that we can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. If you say you want to play, we'll show up and we'll play you. If not, we get it. Yep. Same thing with the Ravens and the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, it's. That one, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it, I think it just is. It, it basically, it's on the same line. Um, effectively. Uh, granted, that one has effectively that one has division title up for grabs at that point. But it, it still, it for anyone involved, they're like, if we don't know anything, then. At the vision, what they do, you know what I mean? Right. The Ravens' uh, only hope for the division title results actually if Bing, if Bills uh, Bengals gets played. Yeah. If if the Bengals lose to the Bills and if that game gets finished, and then the Ravens beat the Bengals, they win the division. If Bengals Bills doesn't get played, even if the Ravens beat the Bengals. The Bengals still have a better win percentage playing 16 games than the Ravens would playing 17 games. Mm-hmm. So the Bengals win the division if this game isn't played. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, if, if this game is not un- unable to be played whatsoever, then and, and the division is effectively locked up, then why even bother playing that game? Right, I mean, what? There's, there's no reason to get out there and pad stats. Right, I mean, the Ravens are locked into the playoffs. They clinched the playoff third, so and the Bengals have pretty much won the division. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, they've clinched the playoff, but like both teams are in. Yep. The Bengals proved last year they don't care to go on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I, I even when you start getting into the football aspect of it, it doesn't really make sense to play that game. As much as we all wanted to see it. And here's the thing. And let's also point this out too. If, big if, if they play that game, that's not going to be the game we thought it was. Nope. No. it's it, There's no way it can be. There's no way. It, it, especially if it's played in Cincinnati. Because you're going to have the same, you're going to walk right past that same spot on the field. It just—I don't see how you can play the game. I really don't, and I don't see how you can play on Sunday either. 
I, I, I am a proponent of pushing everything back at least a week. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they won't move the Super Bowl unless they absolutely have to. As in, there is literally no other option but to move this game. But I would let the players' union really run this and like, when we're ready to play, we will let you know. Yeah. Until then, we can't really mm-hmm. do anything for you. Yeah, because, I mean, this this is... Yeah, it goes back to this affects everyone, literally everyone, even even uh, other sports teams are you know affected in this situation because everyone's looking at it like th- this is we we can relate to that in the sense that this could be us, you know, out there trying to go for a dunk and going down. Or I mean, we've seen some gruesome in- NBA injuries as you know in the last you know, decade uh, hockey, or so. Hockey, anyone? And and uh, yeah, and hockey. Those guys, constant risk of a puck to the face. Uh, all of the, I mean, all of it. it. It they all, at least in some way, knows what know what it feels like to, you know, wonder if that's going to happen to you. Or if you've literally witnessed it, you know you've got the trauma of that, one way or the other. So, um, you can see it across everyone immediately from every corner, just the 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 support. Yep, I mean it. It's crazy, and let's you know, we're not we're not trying to play doctor here. We're not trying to diagnose something when we're not in the room but I saw a video on uh, on YouTube the night of where it was a sports medicine doctor who was basically uh, giving his opinion on what he thought happened and mm-hmm. he clarified and I appreciate it he's like I clarified like look I'm not there I don't know but this is what it looked like to me mm-hmm. and it said that basically as your heart uh, goes through its process of, of pumping, of beating, mm-hmm. that there's something, I forget the technical word for it, but that if you sustain a traumatic blow to the chest at this exact millisecond of your, of your heart doing that, mm-hmm. it can cause cardiac arrest. Yeah. And that's the working theory as to what happened. I mean, we're talking milliseconds. It's that fine of a line. Yeah. yeah. But that line exists. Yeah, it's so unlikely that there's something like fewer than 30 cases of it happening in the United States a year. And most of it happens to be in children. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's for whatever reason, I I couldn't explain why I'm but uh, and I'm that's sure there is. That's just a statistical quirk, isn't it? Y- yeah. Huh. But assuming that is what this is, and and based on what facts we have now, that's what I'm going with personally. I, I can't speak for you, but that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just when you realize how fine a line it is, but yet you know that line can be and has been crossed yeah. before. It really hits home that th- this could be anyone. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it it really emphasizes to uh, the well in the worst way the phrase non-zero chance. Yes, it could be as close to zero as possible, but it's still possible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So let's. This is what I wanted to talk about before we start talking about the scenarios this week. But there, again, I'm not. I don't want to sound accusatory to anyone. I'm not trying to accuse anyone of anything. But there were reports out there that, based on what the broadcast information what was available, that the NFL wanted to restart the game five minutes after the Eagles left the field. And that it was the players who spoke up and said, yeah, we, no. 
no, no, just, just, you know, can't do it. And like I said, the broadcasters made that very clear. That that's what, the, like, it, that's not what the plan was. There wasn't an official announcement, but it looked for all intents and purposes that they were going to play that game. Yeah, I mean, so what? 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 I know what I think about it, but I want to know what you think about it. I think they they were they were definitely keeping open the possibility of playing because it it took them what at least forty five minutes before we started seeing any any movement of equipment effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they cut off to a a broad or a um a feed of McDermott and Taylor outside of the Bills locker room, and they were both on a phone. Or you know, trading off a phone with presumably some other you know higher level official. That is the league's Monday Night Football person. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, you know, thirty seconds later, it's showing you know equipment boys taking off you know starting to wheel carts off the field. At that point, you knew you knew, like you knew like we're not we're at least done for the night. Yeah. We don't know if we're going to come back and prop, but we know we're done for the night. Mm-hmm. But, at, I mean, up until that point, I mean, it took you know, a good at least 45 minutes for any real information to come out or to, to be made apparent that the game wasn't happening tonight. So it, whether whether explicit or not, it was it, that that left the possibility it was, it was understood that there was the possibility that this game was occurring you know restarting that night whether it was explicitly stated and that was pushed back or it was just a, a group understanding that you know we should decide on our own one way or the other I think that and I'll give credit to the NFL where it's due because let's say they did, even though they denied it, but I don't believe it. For I don't believe it said that I don't believe the denial. I really don't. I believe they won't play that game on Monday night. I truly believe that, for reasons I've already stated. Mm-hmm. Betting, but I also think that credit should be given for the league to go. Okay, we hear what these players are saying. Let's not push the issue. Yeah, but at the same time. It also proves to me why I already thought about the NFL, which is that their mentality is the show must go on. Even when, by all accounts, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I don't really want to use this example, but I will. And I don't know if it did, but I'm about to leave you and say when President Lincoln got shot, they stopped all Amer- our American cousin. <laughs> yeah. And didn't continue on with the play. A lesson from that should be learned. Right? Mm-hmm. This show doesn't always have to go on. Exactly. If by if by some chance someone listening to this doesn't know if they kept if they kept on with our American cousin, please feel free to contact the show and tell me I'm wrong. Because I truly don't know. I, I really I've never I've never really delved into that. I assume they stopped the play once they figured out something was wrong, but I don't know. I mean, I know Bruce jumped onto the stage, and yeah. that alone would be like, okay, what's he doing here? Uh, there's a guy <laughs> on the stage that shouldn't be. He's not in this direction. But uh, I don't know. But again, I, I it confirms to me what I thought. And I actually, I look back on this now, and I, and I kind of, I regret saying it, but I was making a point I don't even remember what the context was in the conversation, but I was making a point about the NFL on like Saturday or something like that or Friday. And I said, if every, I was funny because I said, if every player in the league dropped dead on Saturday, the NFL would still say we are playing on Sunday. And I said that partially sarcastically, but I also partly meant it. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a mixture of, I'm being a sarcastic asshole, but I also mean it. Yeah. Because I know how the NFL works. Mm hmm. And by the NFL, at least everything I saw on the field with my own eyes 
intended to let the show go on, even though a player had quite literally died on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, boys, get get ready to go. I warm up. We'll go. No. That 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 to me confirmed what I already believe about the NFL, and then some. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. All right, so out of really respect for the situation, we are not going to go around the around the league this week. You know what we're gonna do next with up this week, but in part because quite frankly, we don't know if we're gonna have a week eighteen as scheduled right now. We there's no idea. There's none. We don't know what discussions are being had at the league office. We have no idea. But so out of respect for the situation and for integrity reasons, we're not we can't go in we're not gonna go into that, but we are going to change a little bit of topic here, uh, just because we do have a college portion of our show. Uh, we'll talk about the college football playoff because, the, well, number one, it's a college football playoff. It deserves to be talked about. And two, it was probably the best college football playoff we've ever seen. Yeah. At least semifinals, so, finals were so. What do you think the semifinals the CFB? Um, I mean, literally, uh, the in my personal experience and opinion, the best college football playoff we've ever witnessed. Um, the just all out, every bit of emotion and fight a team could put in into a game, each and every one of them left it all out on that field. Every one of them. And that that's that's how you know that they will every single one of them really wanted it. Um we 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 were assuming you know Georgia was gonna just blow out at Ohio State. Mm, and personally we, we hoped. Yeah, personally that was gonna be that was gonna be fun for me because we wanted it to happen. But it goes without saying that that was much more enjoyable of a game than a one-sided blowout. Will we be saying that if that kick had gone in? Uh, if it was much more enjoyable? No. Um, if it was or... just that, that that great a game. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I think I'd still be saying if the kick went in. <laughs> uh, because it's simply it was that. Uh, you know, Ohio State came out firing, and they had Georgia on their heels more more on their heels. Than they had been literally all season. Uh, they had literally never been more uh, down. Uh, they had a what was it? A thirteen point deficit all season. And what did they do? They they decided, huh, we don't like this, and they came back. Fair. And let's look at you know, Michigan left twenty one points on the half yard line. Mm-hmm. If they get any one of those, they win the game. Yeah, and here they are. It's TCU playing for a championship because Michigan couldn't get anything from the half yard line. And let's also bear in mind this is Michigan, mm-hmm. a team that put up 418 yards rushing on Penn State earlier in the year. Yeah, a Penn State team that whacked Utah in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Michigan, despite what it did in the playoff, is a damn good football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, what TCU had two pick sixes on them, yes. right? So, it, like, take one of those away, and again, they've won the game. This also proves that there are multiple things. Like, you can never say, oh, this, this alone lost us the game. No. Mm-hmm. That there, there are a million different ways in which you can win or lose a football game. Yep, you can point to significant moments, but in the end, the it's the entire way you played. Yes, that win or lose a game. It's it's how much you continue to put into it, all sixty minutes. Which was the better game? Hmm. 
That is that is a good question. Let's see. <laughs> I want to say, I, it's tough because I didn't get to watch all of TCU Michigan. That game was but, um, But just the sheer, like, keeping up with it, like, trying to keep it updated on the score, uh, that was exciting. Uh, say, this man missed out on Michigan TCU for shrimp. Yep. And, and unplanned too. Unplanned like, shrimp. D- didn't expect for uh, it to happen. And I was like, of all the games I could have missed, that's the one I would, like. I be- simply because I regret missing it. It's the better game. It, it, I, I was gonna say that, and I watched both games. Yeah. So, but yeah. So like, I didn't think you, Georgia Ohio State would get to me that high scoring. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Georgia. I mean, I didn't think TCU Michigan would get that completely off the rails. Yeah, like that. That game just basically said, "Okay, here's the rail we want off," mm-hmm. and we have no chance of getting back on. Exactly. But that was fun. Very. And also gave you a moment of man, Douglas should won the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, it, it further showed why he should have won the Heisman. Not to mention the Heisman Trophy winner lost to Tulane. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Tulane, but USC can't be losing to Tulane. Mm-hmm. And and especially in a blowing a fifteen point lead. Wait. In, in four minutes. Yeah. I I just on this point this was uh, this is the point that I'd forgotten about, but Tulane was two and ten last year, right? Mm-hmm. You know who they almost beat? They almost went to Northern Oklahoma and beat Lincoln Riley's OU. Yep. Lincoln Riley's <laughs> Now watch. Too late to the call USC. Like, hey, can we get you a non-conference game? Uh, no. <laughs> uh-uh. No. We paid him too much to fire him so we can not lose that. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> but come on. Y'all are USC. You have that Pac-12 money. Uh-huh. That factual money don't mean as much as you think it does, buddy. <laughs> you probably have more than the AAC. Mm-hmm. I love being shot in back twelve. Yeah. What a joke of a conference. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I, I think the Fiesta Bowl was the better game, although the Peach Bowl, it, just a fantastic atmosphere and a fantastic game. And how about that kick, the ball hitting the turf, exactly at midnight? Mm-hmm. I actually missed the kick. My brother was yelling at me to change the channel. I'm like, fine, so we got 48 seconds to go on the countdown or whatever. And, uh, and so I watched it, and as soon as it was over, I, uh, we flipped over and we saw a bunch of Georgia fans crying. And he's like, oh, so that's they're like, nope, they're not crying. They're not crying. Sad tears, Chase. Yeah. Like, they're, they're crying because they're going to a national championship. Yep. And I made the joke to you, like, my new news after a race start because Ohio State lost. Yep. Think about this. In 2023, Ohio State has more losses than West Virginia. <laughs> Yeah, that'll change in September, but for now, <laughs> uh, I just hope dad dad was all right with all that uh flooding around you know that night. Oh, I think he'd be just fine with that. I'm sure, he's just fine. <laughs> I think he's just fine with that. Yeah, the Ohio River can handle it, she's a big girl. <laughs> <sighs> So, when I turn our attention to the national championship game, or as Dad Bo Swinney would say, the Natty. Mm-hmm. Georgia, TCU, for the mar- all the marbles in LA. Who has the advantage and why? Man, it's, I mean, you want to go with the low hanging fruit in terms of Georgia's been there before, literally last year. Um, so they know what it's like. 
Uh, but then you've got TCU, who, if not for a good six inches, would be undefeated coming into this as well and have a conference title. Um, so they, they've, they've got, at this point, you're going to have some underdog mentality because you're, what, 14-point underdog, something like that. 13 and a half. And, um, you know, just the, the, um, I mean, it's going to be the scrappy, the, hey, we deserve to be here type of, of, and, uh, fight. So, it's going to be tough to, I mean, honestly, for the sake of it, even though I generally am one to say, screw it, I don't give a dang how well any of the big 12 teams perform, I couldn't, I could not care less. This is one, this is different. This is one of those where I look at them like TCU, they're not a team I hate. I've had no ill will toward, nothing has made me dislike this team. Yet in the, you've also declared them West Virginia's natural rival in the Big 12 Conference. At one on point, this, yeah. On record, this, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, I, and it was simply because of how well they fought each other. I mean, even this season, they, they put up a fight. Uh, uh, they, they, had a, they had quite the scrap. And, it, and I think it's almost... But it, to me, it's more of a a respectful rival rival, <laughs> to, because you know they they never, and I know the teams don't claim each other as that. But to, again, I still feel I still would would think that in in the sense of you know how close those games are generally, um, and there's rarely I've rarely ever anything disrespectful from one team or the other during those games, but. To 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 finally circle back around, I, I I almost want TCU to win this. For one, unseating the SEC finally for once, and for two, they they just kind of just des- they just kind of deserve it. This would be a landmark moment for the new Big Twelve. Because you'll notice one thing TCU isn't. It ain't Texas and it ain't Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be in this league when Texas know you leave. Yep. So if you've got a football championship in this new league and you can kick Texas and Oklahoma to the curb, mm-hmm. you still, and you, that's one more, I don't know what any of, I'm, I am sure that Texas and OU have the vast majority of football success in the Big 12 uh, on a national scale. Mm-hmm. I am positive of that. But if you can hang the, the, the most recent championship banner, Texas's last one was in 2006. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma was in 2001. If you can go, hey, look, we have one for 2023. That That's pretty good when you're talking about the Big 12, the new yeah. look Big 12. Like, hey, we yeah. got, got programs that can play ball too. It's not just those two, mm-hmm. right? It's not just those two. Now you're getting UCF, who was undefeated a few years ago. You're getting Houston, and I hate saying this, but Horgerson's turned it around. Houston was never bad, but Horgerson has continually got them to be ranked. Uh, BYU's pretty good. And then uh, who's the other one? Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati was in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Like the Big 12, you can look at it and go, okay, well, you know, TCU won national championship. Cincinnati in the playoffs the year before that. Houston, always good. UCF waves a national championship. BYU, pretty damn good. Can <laughs> claims right? a, I still love that. Claims a national championship. I'm right. You know. It's, you're right. They claim it, and it's still funny. And it's just with how casually you say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, they claim it all right. <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> I claim West Virginia's 2008 national champion. Okay, no one can tell me otherwise. 
the '07 season, mind you, not the '08 season. No way season was lost September. Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway, it's it's a it's a feather in the cap for the new look Big Twelve, and for that reason alone, I want TCU to win the game. But I'm also not going to like if Georgia wins, I'm not going to hate it. Yeah, like if Georgia wins, I'm going to be like. Good for those, good for those fan base, good for that fan base, good for the coaches, good for the players. I'm gonna be happy for Georgia, mm-hmm. but if TCU is gonna be happy for TCU and the Big Twelve, and I guess by some weird way that means I'm happy for West Virginia. I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm associating with foot, West, football with happiness, but I I guess <laughs> I am. I mean, I. I there's the oh we could have beat them we almost beat them we almost uh, beat the national champions <laughs> we paid the we paid the Big East off to let us beat the Big Twelve early. <laughs> Remember, TCU was really supposed to be in that in the new look Big East before the Big East disbanded. The same day they were to join, they joined the Big Twelve, July one, two thousand twelve. They were supposed to join the Big East. So the Big East disbanded. Mm-hmm. The Big East was trying to get ahead of that, but it didn't work. We've always another reason they are our quote unquote true rival. We were going to be confident with them anyway. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the advantage, uh. I don't think they're like 13 and a half points is way too big for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, again, TCU was a half is six, six inches from being 14 and 0 undefeated playing in this game. Let's not forget that. Now, we give credit to Kansas State because they deserve it, they are the Big 12 champion. But I don't know that there's really a Experience could could be something you would say is an advantage, but TCU only had like five guys who played in a bowl game mm-hmm. prior to the Fiesta Bowl, and that didn't seem to matter at all. Nope. So is experience really that much on a college level? I, I, I question that. It's something, but I don't know that it's as big a deal as we think it is. Mm-hmm. So I defensively Georgia has the edge over TCU's offense. But it's only just and I say that with, with this caveat. That can change. Because of Max Duggan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like look, he's showing the Heisman. Okay, we I, I, I said that earlier and I mean it. Georgia's defense is a bunch of dogs. Okay, D A W G S dogs. Mm-hmm. They find the ball and they go after it, and they do it really damn well. And TCU doesn't have that many playmakers where you go, they can change the game in an instant. But what they do have is they have a quarterback that wills the ball down the field. We saw it in the, in the Big Twelve championship game. Took it himself that last drive. But he was gasping for air. Like no man had ever seen before. Yeah. And he willed his team down the field and scored. I think that that particular battle when CCU has the ball is going to be about even. It's the, I said Georgia had the advantage I'm talking about 51 49. It's mm-hmm. not it's not much. But I think where the game changes is I don't know that TCU's defense can keep up with Georgia's offense, specifically when Georgia wants to get the tight end involved. When Georgia gets its tight ends involved, it doesn't go well for the opposition. That's where the game changes to me. And that's why, like, it's going to have to turn the ball over. It's going to have to turn Georgia over at least once, if not twice to win the game. Yeah. And if you've got a like a six year, how many years he's been their quarterback in Stetson Bennett with two great tight ends, 
and a good running game who can, can control the ball, they can keep it up, they can keep you off the field. I, I just the the off the, the matchup when Georgia has the ball, I think so greatly favors Georgia that it's really what's going to decide the game. Not that TCU can't make plays and win the game, but I just I don't know if they'll be able to. That's what gets me here. TCU's offense, I think, can keep up with Georgia's defense. I don't know if it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, so I wasn't going to do this, but I figured, you know what, Mace will have some drama here. I'll put you on the spot. Who wins? Um, you know, I I must say I must say I must say Georgia's defense wins it for him. Me too. It'll be a close game. It'll be a good game. But I think we have to start acknowledging that you know Georgia's defense is for real. Yeah, and they 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 can do work. And so with that, we will sign off for tonight. We'll be back next week discussing the national championship game, and then whatever happens in the NFL, we will we will cross that bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. But for now, this has been season three, episode uh, twenty-one, of the Scientific Coaching Podcast. Darren, please take us home. Best wishes to Demar Hamlin. And adios, everybody. Best wishes to the Mar Hamlin, indeed, and his family. Mm-hmm.